0: Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. He goes by Freeman Fly, operates the freemantv.com website. Uh, I talked to him about eight years ago about my first book, Prophet of Evil and Alistair Crowley, and he reached out to me. I'm glad he reached out to me recently and invited me on his show. And we talked about my most recent book, Global Death Cult. So you can listen to that at his site also uh, on my podcast, William Ramsey Investigates. But he's done a lot of work since I was in contact with him, and we're going to talk about this uh, presentation, this PowerPoint presentation. I will put a link in the show notes for it. And the the title of the presentation that he made is They Came From Another Dimension, Aliens From Hell. And I highly recommend people check that out. It just shows how much knowledge and information he has accrued over time. And we were talking in the pre-show like he has been really one of the first top ten or five in the alternate media, what we call the alternate media now, I guess. But he was there with people who I've listened to, and I've listened to his show many times, but also I'm uh, was Visigoth, Keith Hansen, um, Peering into Darkness, and Alex Jones and some of these other types. So he's he's been doing a lot of research. He has a lot of contacts. And I highly recommend you check out his show. You can check it out on the podcast. There's a lot of links that I will include in the show notes where you can – Look at all his material and all the things that he's done. Since I've talked to him, I think he has like five or six DVDs. So you can check that out. But again, uh, his name is Freeman Fly. So Freeman, welcome to William Ramsey Investigates.
1: Hey, thank you, William. Yeah,
0: Awesome. So for people who may not have heard your name or are familiar with all your work, can you kind of just go through where you got started? I know you were kind of on like cable TV or or, uh, local cable channel and where you are today, and then talk about what led to you putting together Aliens from Hell.
1: Sure. Uh, I am a cult classic. I have been around for 18 years on the web doing my my due, uh, but 32 years of research, right? Like, uh, the television show was actually an accident. I was in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest in 2004, and um, just visiting for the week, just hanging out, and I, I went to this lecture at a mall. This homeless guy came to me and says, you need to go to this lecture. And I'm like, OK, and I go. And it's George Green, who was an ex uh, the financial advisor to Jimmy Carter, things of that nature. And he had met with the Palladians at Billy Myers Rance in Switzerland and published their book. I think it was called um, something about the rainbow handbook, handbook for a new paradigm, right? And he published this book for them. Anyway, I'm at the the lecture of George Green. He takes a little break. And we're outside just staying around with a bunch of people that were there for the lecture talking. And I started talking about the signs and symbolisms that I had been decoding throughout these years. And like one of them was to, to tell people that Saddam Hussein claimed to be Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated. This was an open. This was no secret. He had artworks. He had statues. He had everything made of himself as Nebuchadnezzar. And then we came and we attacked him with the shock and awe. And the shock and awe campaign is a is a play on a Hebrew word. So uh, to back uh, to back all this up, my family's uh, was deep into Freemasonry and all of this, and this is where my studies came from. But that's years prior. Uh, to this, Shaqanah was a play on the word Shekinah, which is a Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit and is used in Kabbalah. And so the Shaqanah, the sh- Shekinah, came down and struck Nebuchadnezzar, Saddam Hussein, using the mother of all bombs, which was known as the Moab, which are the very people that fought uh, Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible.
0: And the if Moabach's you look right. at it,
1: Wow. Yeah, you I mean, look right. into it. Then Nebuchadnezzar is who's being referred to in the statement about Lucifer in the Bible. The only time they mention Lucifer in the Bible is in reference to Nebuchadnezzar. So I'm telling them these signs and symbols that I'm seeing throughout all of this, and this guy comes storming up to me and says, "You need a TV show." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And uh, so he says, "I'll write you a check right here and now if you'll go and sign up for Access Television." Now, there was no Google video yet. There was no YouTube yet. There was nothing like that. There was access television. And That was it. You know, Wayne's World and Alex Jones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so... I, I stood there for about five minutes trying to decide, was I really going to put my face out there and start telling the world those things? And I, I agreed in those five minutes, said, sure, I'll do it. And he wrote me a check right there on the spot. Turned out he was the city council member that created Access Television, the very one that Alex Jones broad, broadcast from. And so next thing I know, I'm in the studio with Alex Jones. His show was right before mine. Oh, wow. And so it just opened this door so instead of staying in Austin for a week I stayed for 5 years and wow. produced the Freeman perspective and then Google came out and so uh, I had a roommate secretly putting my videos up on Google I didn't even know and next thing I knew I was a worldwide phenomenon and now I've been on Discovery Channel History Channel uh, Alex Jones uh, you know all over the around the I'm in movies and <laughs> all this stuff, but
0: yeah. Incredible. And and you've talked to so many people in those 20 years. I mean, some of the early people and that people still reference today, right? Yeah. The truth is, is I
1: had a, a, a theory, a theory that I wanted to prove. And so my goal on the television show was to invite people on that could uh, help follow my theory they didn't know my theories they didn't know anything that i was but i they were there more to lift up what i was trying to tell you about the world than actually interviewed them <laughs> i mean i i wanted to uh, but the the whole goal really and i wanted to make it plain when i started that i was not a radio show host i wasn't a host i was a researcher presenting my peer-reviewed science to you and therefore, you could judge then and there, live on the air,
0: whether or not I was giving you the truth or not. Interesting. Right. So you were kind of going down the re- like sharing your research with the public. So all these things that you were like the earliest one to really go into kind of corporate logos, that kind of symbolism that right. mostly nobody really ever talked about as far as I know.
1: And they still don't. And they got it wrong. Right. This is one of my pet peeves, because when I okay, so just to understand how I came up with the corporate logo understanding and what these were. uh, In 1991, I I went to college, I was in an honors uh, course called interdisciplinary studies which is the club of rome's indoctrination program and so the very first book we read in ids was uh, limits to growth you know and it was just this total programming such a sensation but i was old enough already to know that this was all programming so i was already well aware by the time i went to college because i was 25 when i went to college but um I learned I I met a friend there that was an occultist and he was deep into transhumanism already in the 90s. You know, he was ready, ready for his brain chip, all of that. But he was a deep researcher into Aleister Crowley and Freemasonry and Rosicrucianism and theosophy and all of this. I mean, he, he literally was Harry Potter. He lived in a closet in these people's house, sleeping on top of his library. Uh, <laughs> but he was a genius. Right. And so he's showing me these signs and symbols and, and all of the things of the occult, Kabbalah, magic and Freemasonry. And I'm like, wait a minute. These signs and symbols are in my dad's top drawer. And he says, well, your dad's a Freemason. Oh, well, no way. My dad's into all of this stuff. You're crazy. So I went home and I asked dad. you know, <laughs> 25 years old. And I finally asked dad. So what is this Freemason thing? And he's like, oh, he's never once mentioned it in his entire, my entire existence. Now, I have been studying uh, Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster, Bermuda Triangle and UFOs since I was 10 years old. You know, I read all the books back in the day. And my dad never once mentioned that he was in Project Blue Book until I brought up Freemasonry in college And he said, yes, you know, I'm a worshipful master of the lodge and raised and your mom was involved. She was Eastern Star. She was Esther and all this stuff, you know. And then he says, well, you know, I worked with Hynek. I was stationed on a South Sea Island. And any time the flying saucers fly over, I'm the one who reported it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So it turns out dad was on Killer One submarine with Jimmy Carter. They wrote each other when Carter became president. I don't know. You're right. Like, this is all, you know, I'm just being awoke to all of this. So right. wasn't see, carter
0: the nuclear engineer wasn't that his thing i think i think that's what he did his nuclear engineering or nuclear engines for subs yeah he
1: was it. the the commander of the sub that my oh, dad okay. was on killer oh, one okay. it was the first killer submarine i've got all the pictures of them on the sub together and stuff i got pictures cool. of my dad being raised in freemasonry and kaiser slot and Uh, by some Bavarian potentate of Freemasonry, like, who are my family? I don't know, (laughs) you know, and they're all gone now, so I can't even get any more. Uh, But so as I studied Freemason rituals, I studied them deeply. I have been to every Masonic temple in America, basically every Grand Lodge, I should say. And I've been to the Grand Lodge of Australia, the Grand Lodge of England, and I photographed and filmed all of this for you. So on my website, on freemantv.com, you'll find my Flickr account and you can go and see inside all of these Mason temples and the George Washington Masonic Memorial, which is completely Hebrew and, and, and uh, Kabbalistic. You, know, you won't find anything about America in the George Washington Masonic Memorial. You'll find Rosicrucians, you'll find Templars, you'll find Kabbalistic uh, Star Davids and things of this nature. Uh, so I went to every Mason temple. I went to the Supreme Council of the 33rd, the Temple of the 33rd in Washington, D.C., just accidentally stumbled upon it while I was at the WTO IMF protest in D.C. back in 99. Um, I stumbled upon the, the Temple of the 33rd, and I wandered in, and uh, the the lady there really took to me because she saw that I had the knowledge, and so she sure. started taking me all over this, you know, secret temple and then she leaves me in the albert pike room and albert pike is the 33rd degree mason that wrote morals and dogma the outlining of the degrees of Freemasonry. and she left me in there telling me now you're not really allowed to be alone in this room but i'm gonna be right back so just stay here so i wait there she comes back with the glossary of morals and dogma and morals and dogma written by albert pike and and my grandfather's membership card Oh, and wow. going back you know all throughout my whole family and so she gave me these and said well just take them just just go and then she wanted to show me the floor plans of the building which is a mausoleum right it's it's a death house
0: but it's a huge relations. edifice right it's almost like a ziggurat in washington dc right it really yes. stands out and yes. it has the huge sphinxes out in front and everything exactly
1: But it's in the neighborhood, you
0: know. No, right. It's weird. I remember one night I was out in D.C. and I just looked at it with Marvel. Like, what is, I'm not, I don't have a Masonic background or anything. Like, what is this thing doing here? And how somebody put, lovingly uh, designed that architecture and everything like that. Now that I'm older, I kind of understood a little bit of what I was seeing. But it is so nice. Like, somebody put $10, $50 million into that building.
1: Oh, Yeah. And it's based off this ancient mausoleum, uh, which is, you know, where you bury people. <laughs> right. And, uh, so it's literally a death house where they go and do all their, their rituals. I went in there. You can see the film in, in Aliens from Hell. All of the video that I took, you know, is in there. So you get to see the big black Belgian altar there and all the things that go on inside of this serpent encrusted temple. I mean, it's really isn't, creepy. Isn't in there.
0: there a plaque there like the bushes have donated a million dollars to it or something like that? I think I it was didn't Tom Warren that. who saw that. Yeah, Tom Warren talks about that.
1: But they certainly have pictures of every, uh, or every uh, 33rd degree mason on the walls, including uh, John Wayne, uh, Glenn, uh, the astronaut. Uh, all, but you know who's not on there is Disney. And I'm just going to state this plainly, guys. There's zero evidence to state that Walt Disney was ever a Freemason. And I'm I'm coming at you like an expert because I know, and I've studied it. I've read every book on Disney. I know Club 33. I know Disney Corporation is Freemasonic to the core, to the fact that when you ride um, the mountain, well, I forgot the name uh, of the ride. Matterhorn? Matterhorn?
0: Uh uh was no. it a magic mountain? No, it's uh Space Mountain. No, not that one either. Mm-hmm. Which one is uh, it about? Is it the uh it's the parts it of the like Caribbean? Train. It's the one that's a train.
1: Oh. Either way, uh they have Masonic symbols all through the Disney rides. Oh. Things that you wouldn't know if you didn't know Freemasonry. Like you'll you'll ride past something that says Hiram's tools. It's right there on the ride, but you wouldn't know unless you're a Mason. So in the same way, as I studied these rituals, as I studied how they all circled the altar, uh, what was said, what was done, and then the symbols that recognize or represent these actions of the ritual—that they go through a death and re- resurrection ritual. You pretend to be Hiram Abiff, uh, the great builder of Solomon's Temple, and then you die. They kill you in the ritual, and then you're buried in the rug. And uh, rolled up, and then they resurrect you with the grip of the lion's paw, and you're raised to the pentagram or to the G and uh, told that you need more light. Uh, so these rituals are then signified by different signs and symbols around. And so the pentagram, the shell, these are symbols of Venus that they would use. And that's where you get, you know, Texaco and Shell gas station the canted square, which you would see on Dell or on Enron or, uh, you know, just a, a square turned on its point. That is a symbol of the 47th proposition of Euclid. And it represents their circling the altar. So as I'm driving around, I'm starting to see every sign, you know, a whole new language opened up in front of me. And I, you know, realized what these, these were signs of allegiance, OK, a lot of people say these corporate logos have like magic powers and they're taken over or whatever. I mean, there's a bit of that, you know, when you get to, to thought forms and egregors and things of that nature. But they really are signs of allegiance. It's like a secret handshake or a secret position. It just lets those in the club know who's in the club. And so that's why certain businesses like Starbucks suddenly rise to the surface, because the sign and symbol of the Starbucks is well known to every Freemason, you know, her pentagram, her shell, and even the fact that those are her legs behind her head, not her hands, uh, because it's all about the, the generative process or sex. And sex with the fish people was definitely one. So that is what you're, you know. So that's how those came into being. Then David Ike took my corporate logos homework, put it out and called it Illuminati corporate logos, Mm -hmm. which then confused the entire story. Because I'm going to say it to you plain, folks. The Illuminati never once used the eye in a pyramid as a symbol. It's not an Illuminati symbol. It's a Freemasonic symbol. And so he basically, without realizing it, not even knowing that it was my work, uh, altered it, altered the story, and all of a sudden, I had to change all my my titles to Illuminati because nobody was Googling Freemason. You know what I mean? Right, right, Wow. yeah.
0: Yeah, And there's others ones. I think you did the Chevron too, the square on the square, right? Like a lot of windows. Yeah. So all this stuff alter.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're just being exposed to it. Yeah, isn't it like well, their theory that you put those out there and it's like uh, sigilization almost, like you're putting the idea out. So other people recognize it, but it's supposed to do some kind of magical function. I don't know. Something.
1: Yeah, I'm not of that theory. I, I'm more mm-hmm. of the signs of allegiance theory. Uh, although magic. I do study magic in depth. I've never practiced ritual magic, but I've interviewed many magicians and I've gone to many lodges and tried to understand the purposes of magic. I mean, when you look at high ritual magic, you find all of the smartest people on the planet doing it, studying it, researching it. It's been around for thousands of years, you know? So you can't just cast this off. And what I found was a lot of Christian patriot type people that were investigating the occult immediately went to, well, it's Satan and didn't look any further. I wanted to know. Like what really was behind magic? I can't say that I know, but I've got some
0: ideas. Um, right, but I would think that it's a component of the occult. I think I think that would be fair to say. Yeah, but you're right. People have done rituals, and there's rituals in the Christian Church, Judaism. There's heavily high rituals and things like that, but they're not considered to be magical. But they're you know they're following a, a process, right? Yeah. So you know, let's consider one that. Something
1: the one that i i i put in aliens from hell that i try to promote quite a bit uh the symbol that i i i as you start to study the ritual magic you find that a lot of it has to do with communication with interdimensional entities i mean that's basically what you're going into these four and part of the magical process is to invoke that entity. So everything about your magical process has to be prepared. You got to have the right sense. You have to have the right colors. You got to have the right clothes. You know, all of these particulars to channel the brain into this particular frequency. And so one of the ones that I came across, all right, the OTO, this is the, the, the cult of Crowley. Right, this is the Ordo Templi Orientis, and what that really stands for is the order of the Eastern Templar. And it's the Templar and um uh, that that formed into Freemasonry. The Templars were banished on Friday the 13th, right? Tomorrow, uh, Jacques de Molay,
0: yeah, Jacques exactly.
1: De Molay. But they really went and they infiltrated Freemasonry at this point. The Templar did, but they're the ones who created our banking system and how we fiat currency and all of that. But um, so as I started to look into the Ordo Templi Orientis, and most people haven't heard those words or know about the OTO, but they are familiar with do what that wilt. They're familiar with Crowley, uh, but they're not really familiar with the organization behind it all. And these guys, they go in and, and they perform sex magic, right? And this is how Pauline Pierce went out and had sex with Aleister Crowley and produced Barbara Bush. Now, if you look at Barbara Bush, you'll see clearly that she is Crowley's child. And then she was handed off to the head of the uh, CIA, H. W. Bush, right?
0: Uh, but Very that- young too. I think she was either only like 15 or 16, so it was kind of an arranged, uh, arranged marriage. Well, sure.
1: Yeah, she was Crowley's daughter. I mean, <laughs> you got to give her to the head of the CIA. But then I got deeper and deeper and found this thing called Typhonian magic. And Typhonian magic is the magic of uh, the OTO that uh, channels extraterrestrials and interdimensional entities. And uh, Kenneth Grant, you can find his work and, uh, on the Typhonian magic. Now, Typhon is the beast, right? It's the beast of the Bible. Typhon exists in the hidden realms of the abyss, and this is the place that all magicians must pass to get through and actually that's where the numbers nine eleven come from but we'll get to that uh so they have a symbol the 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 typhonian order and and beyond go have a symbol for the mark of the beast and it's uh for extraterrestrial communication and through this ritual magic and the mark of the beast is an o and an x so now start thinking about how many times you've seen an O with an X. And it's, uh, you know, Brand X of, of Russell Brand. It's the X uh, operating system of Apple. It's Xbox. It's uh, It goes on and on. You can just find this OX symbol everywhere in this technology. Even in Ethereum, in cryptocurrency, every Ethereum wallet begins with OX. Uh, wow. So this is the... The symbol that they they use as the mark of the beast, and the order that is doing this is channeling interdimensional extraterrestrial entities uh, through ritual magic.
0: Wow! So. I'll see if I can show people this. This is what it looks like. Um, but I know I know that thing from Crowley's Seal of Babylon. So you'll see the Seal of Babylon right there. All the seventy sevens spelled kabbalistically with the O and the X right there at the top.
1: Oh, at the top, yeah, yeah, and even Rex Diabolus, Church of the High Priest of the Church of Satan, has it embedded in the back of his skull. Oh wow! Uh, I was really surprised that he knew, uh, but so he this is it. big
0: to them, you know what I mean? And that's the guy who supposedly put together the X Men adopted this into the X, one. and that's mm-hmm. from kind of the occult underground of New York City. Like, apparently, that guy was friends or uh, associated with Peter Lavenda. I don't know if you hung out with him, but it was the magical child. Was this kind of a cult bookstore? Um, but yeah, they uh, Lavenda tells stories about that, about the origination of uh, the X Men.
1: Right. Yeah, that was one I forgot. <laughs> but yes, there you go. Everywhere you look, you know this mark of the beast. So, Everywhere. Yeah. I tried to then take this understanding to the high sciences, because or to the modern science, because that's where things are going right so of course cern with their 666 logo and their ability you know they're saying they're going to be opening a portal to another dimension if you actually go and look at project blue beam by serge manast and you see what what project blue beam was actually saying yeah dad was in blue book though my dad did a project blue beam by serge manast you might find there where he talks about, because sometimes this is left out. Uh, everybody knows about the fake alien invasion that Bluebeam talks about, but very few discuss what Bluebeam was really saying, which was the transmission of demons into your soul using fiber optics. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And so you start to look into this puzzle and you try to figure out how this could be possible, right? So CERN says that they're opening portals to the other dimension. They have 666 on their logo and they have Shiva uh, as their their sign and symbol before that. Yeah, I really think they changed the Wikipedia article because I've been talking about this for so long. Uh, it seems like they erased those erased bits. Those. Huh. It's very intriguing because I haven't been able to find it again since. Uh, since unfortunately
0: wikipedia reading. isn't reliable at all and they have all kinds of editors on there doing all kinds of
1: they have stuff. ai bots that battle one another over what is reality uh, <laughs> that's the truth
0: right but this guy was like a conspirator's uh heavy duty kind of like uh researcher in the french world right yes i mean i wonder if these are all translated to english i doubt it huh.
1: yeah i have to look deeper <laughs> But, so, looking into this puzzle, you start to to see the sciences coming together that might make this possible. And so, CERN saying that they could open portals to another dimension and then having the grid system, their computer system that's capable of exabytes of information being transferred, that's enough to push brain. You know, if you have the Blue Brain Project, like uh, Henry Markram's Blue Brain Project, you can you can generate a mind using exabytes of information, and and the grid of CERN is capable of such. But so, what happened is they sent uh, the day the Earth stood still to Alpha Centauri. It was simulcast while it was in the theaters as people were watching the day the Earth stood still with. Keanu Reeves, the, they were simulcasting that using the deep wave guide antenna array in Cape Canaveral to send it to Alpha Centauri. And it took four years for the film to get there. Well, it showed up in Alpha Centauri. If you want to check out the day, the earth stood still at Alpha Centauri. uh, The the, it, it arrived at Alpha Centauri, December 21st, 2012 because it took four years for it to travel that distance in space.
0: Alpha,
1: Centauri, Centauri. And they also sent a Doritos commercial to Ursa Major using the Icecat antenna array. Yeah, you might want to just go to all
0: instead of oh, images. Let's try that. Sorry gets extraterrestrial release that one mm-hmm. broadcast there it is broadcast to outer space there it is so
1: the, Nikta, that's the yes Klaatu, Rata, i mean if you were going to send a movie to an extraterrestrial race which alpha centauri is considered the closest inhabited solar system to ours uh, would you send them the day the Earth stood still, which <laughs> promotes that humans are so evil that we need an AI to come here and destroy us all? Unless you can say Clatuvarata nictu, uh, you know, would this be your choice of movie to send to the first extraterrestrial contact? <laughs> <Yeah>. No, no, <laughs> no. But they also sent a Doritos commercial to Alpha or to Ursa Major using the Icecat antenna array. So what I'm pointing out to you here is they're testing of sending large data packs to distant stars. right? So to be able to send four gigabyte movie to Alpha Centauri or to send the Doritos commercial to Ursa Major, um, they are, they are using ionospheric heaters. okay So let's just think of how deep ionospheric heaters go. Uh, HARP, right? Everybody's well aware now of Harp. But I did make the very first documentary on HARP. I made the very first documentary on chemtrails. Uh, you know, the, uh, at the beginning of all of this. Uh, <laughs> but HARP has the capability of these deep space transmissions, uh, making a, a shield around the the country if necessary. You know, the, uh, they tested it as a meteor deflection shield. Things of this nature. And there just happened to be a meteor that hurtled right towards the HARP facility on the day they were testing it. So we got to question that. Um, <laughs> are they hurtling meteors at us? Is the question, right? Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, the X 37B, the robotic space plane that's been orbiting our planet for a decade, uh, is absolutely capable of doing these things. So, um, so we get to this point where they have CERN the capabilities of trans and uh, you know uh, of mind transfer technology and the grid system the opening of portals into other dimensions and then the ISCAT uh, ionospheric heaters capable of sending data packs to distant stars and you find that on the day barack obama showed up in norway for his nobel peace prize for extraordinary efforts whatever the hell that means, Uh, there just happened to be a massive, massive spiral that opened up, which we know of as the Norway Spiral.
0: I remember that.
1: All right. So that just happened to be the day Barack Obama showed up in Norway for his Peace Prize. Now, I've done a lot of work on Barack Obama and who he is. And I just want to say this real quick, is that Barack Obama in Hebrew means lightning from heaven which just happens to be the description of Satan in the Bible, right? Lightning from heaven, Barack Obama, I saw him fall like lightning from here. heaven. Right. That's what
0: Christ said. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. So just pointing that out, we'll get we maybe get to who Barack actually is. But so this happened, right? This Norway spiral. And... Of course, I had already been covering these spirals for years. You can go to my website, to freemantv.com. You can get my flash drive with all the ancient Oracle shows, and you'll find me talking about this stuff long before this ever happened. And then when this happened, I was already ready for this information. So what we have you see there is a rocket launch from a, an ICBM launched from a, a, a Russian submarine on the White Sea. It launched this rocket up into the atmosphere there. And then it started to spew aluminum oxide out of the side of the rocket, which made it then spiral. And this spiral then was pulsed over the ISCAT ionospheric heater, right? The one that had sent the Doritos commercial to Ursa Major. And at this very moment, CERN was at its maximum power so we have barack obama standing there we have this going on over it the russians denied having any involvement with the spiral they did finally admit that yes we did launch a rocket a nuclear capable rocket over your president in norway uh on that day but we had nothing to do with the spiral they said so you know that story is still convoluted
0: it is amazing, though, Bob. I mean, there's strange things about Obama, like his speeches in Europe, his name, his background. The Berlin thing, yeah. Berlin thing, yeah. Just, like, so many curious elements to that guy. Missing. All time. right, br-
1: bring up the pharaoh picture. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's go. All right. Let's go. Now, let's be clear. Cloning began in the early 1900s. By 1904, Speeman was already cloning amphibian salamanders in 1904. All right. Cloning. He was doing this using a hair off his baby's head and hand blown glass tools. Okay, cloning is not difficult. It is not some high science. It really can be done in your kitchen, (laughs) you know. Um, So when people hear of human clones and they think, oh, my God, cloning. Well, you've been eating cloned cows since 1984. All right. I mean, go look up the FDA regulations on cloned animals you're, you're eating cloned cows. We're cloning pets right your pet dies and you go get it cloned. No problem just go over to clone Aid or uh, boy a life right and get yourself your pet cloned right So cloning is not this like high science or scary or anything. They've been cloning since the early 1900s. Even when Dolly was cloned uh, I, 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 Ian Wilmot did not think anything of it. He actually named Dolly after Dolly Broughton's breast, right? He, he wasn't expecting yeah. to get any sort of recognition out of cloning Dolly. The reason that they found it so fascinating was because it was an adult stem cell. And they didn't think that you would be able to get a clone out of an adult stem cell, only uh, you know, from from DNA, from, from you know, bone marrow and things of that nature. They didn't think they could just take a cell. Well, it turns out that mummification... Saves a viable cell for cloning. So there is an article in Science Magazine and it might be there in the link. Um, I think it's that link right there at your mouse, the the next one. Oh, no, that's it. Okay, they've actually changed the article now and they give you this little secret one. But um, uh, So what this article shows is that in 1985, they cloned three mummies. And this was absolutely fascinating because there's some secret to mummification that allows a viable cell to live for thousands of years and is capable of being cloned. So they cloned three mummies from the 18th dynasty, which just happens to be the dynasty of Akhenaten. Now, Akhenaten was the founder of the Rosicrucian magical order. He's the secret head of Freemasonry. He is the creator of monotheism, right?
0: Right. And He's a huge figure, yeah.
1: Yeah. He turned Egypt on its head. Started Armana, uh, Created this whole new religion of the Aten, and had uh, his serpent deity of destruction as Satan Apophis. And he he uh, so Akhenaten was a huge factor. As a matter of fact, if you were to read Manly P. Hall's Secret Destiny of America. Uh, This is a 33rd degree Freemason. And his second chapter is Akhenaten, the very first pacifist, the first Democrat, the very first uh, world's first Democrat, the world's first pacifist, world's first globalist. And Akhenaten, born 2,000 years too soon. Um, So... We have mummies cloned from Akhenaten's period. We have uh, (laughs) this, this ability to do this because of mummification. Now, we don't understand mummification in the modern era. They mummified Lenin, and he started rotting. It just didn't work. So go back to the Akhenaten article of mine real quick. So that one clearly shows you in 1985, they cloned mummies, right? You can see the date there.
0: Right, April 16th, 1985
1: yeah and that's when they if you read through the article they cloned the mummies now that does not mean they brought them to life that means they took the cells and they created more right that's uh, you know stem cell generation but it wasn't supposed to be possible with a dna sample that old and so that's why this was so uh, astounding to scientists but so then i start putting together go back to the barack obama and i start putting together that obama looks an awful lot like akhenaten he does. so i start to put this idea together but i can't prove it because they have not announced that they have akhenaten they 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 found kv55 tomb uh back in the early 1900s uh, howard and and found found this kv55 tomb and within it they found all these mummies but you know when they sent akhenaten's Uh, body parts to different scientists, they couldn't determine whether he was a man or a woman. Uh, So there were a lot of cross things. No one knew if they actually had Akhenaten or not. Well, after I put together all of this work, uh, now if you look at Michelle, the picture next to Akhenaten, half of that face is Michelle Obama's high school photo, and half is Queen T which was Akhenaten's mysterious mother, right? She was a total mystery to Egypt, and she really was the power behind the throne. It was Queen T. I mean, Akhenaten was 18 when he became pharaoh. Queen T had been running this place for a long time. They believed she was Syrian, but nobody really knows where Queen T came from or how she became pharaoh. Uh, but it was her that raised, you know, she, she raised King Tut, right? Because uh, Akhenaten and Nefertiti were the parents of, of King Tut. Or, but uh, Nefertiti wasn't the mother. They had birthing mothers back then. But so I even, if you scroll down, I give you the two images of Michelle. you know, Michelle's high school photo and Queen T's photo there. And the one next to that is Beyonce with uh, Nefertiti, who was Akhenaten's wife. And you'll find the article there of Barack Obama having an affair with Nefertiti, I mean, Queen. I mean, uh, <laughs> Beyonce. Yeah, who has her own religion. If you don't know, there is a Church of Bay. Uh, so she fits the poor pl- for the this platform for perfectly. But you can literally take those two pictures of Michelle as a high school student and Queen T, and put them on your computer and split them in half yourself. Just do it yourself. Uh, just one over the other. And you could do this, so they're identical, right? So I'm trying to make this point. I'm really trying to prove to the public that hey, I really think the Obamas are clones of Akhenaten. And then when you see Akhenaten, you always see him with his two two daughters. And so I was like, Well, let me go look at the daughters. And uh Malaya and Sasha are identical to Akhenaten's two daughters, Maritta 10 and the other. And they're identical, right? I didn't have to do any work. I think if you scroll back up, you'll see them. Oh, well, then you get to their secret service names. which you're looking at there, right? Um, the secret renegade service Renaissance,
0: name. yeah, Radiance Rosebud.
1: Yes. So Akhenaten was known as the Renegade Pharaoh. Renaissance means bringing back to life, and then Radiance of the Aten, his god is what uh, is also in that picture, and then they're offering the rosebuds up to them. So Renegade, Renaissance, Radiance, and Rosebud were the Secret Service names for this cloned family. Now, what had really shocked me and most of my listeners, anyone that was paying attention, was that Zahi Hawass, the head of the, the Giza Plateau at the time, before he got fired for taking sexual favors and bribes, Oh, don't show that photo. That one got me banned off coast to coast. No, I'm just kidding. But it is the reason I am banned off coast to coast. Um, But so Zahi Hawass suddenly announces, hey, we built a DNA lab under the Cairo Museum. And I just I I wasn't going to tell any of you until now that we have Akhenaten's DNA. We have Queen T's DNA. We have the daughter's DNA, we have Nefertiti's DNA. This was all a national security secret up until that moment. So this is 2009. I mean, when they found KV-55, that was 40s, right? Um, And only at this point, when he got his own personal DNA lab, a cloning lab uh, built under the Cairo Museum, go look it up, it's all real, uh, did he announce that he had the DNA. So the DNA is there. the 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 possibility of this is there, and the probability of this is there. Because if there was one man that Freemasonry and the world of magic would bring back, it is Akhenaten.
0: Right, that would be their idea. That would be their founder, right? Absolutely. So if you were a mason, mason, and you are intergenerational masons and learning all this stuff, that would be it. You'd want to bring back your big guy. And, and Obama has these weird scars on his head that other people have reported. Like, I've seen it. Like, they, his head, it's, something's going on. Has
1: like he had they, brain surgery? Or did they remove Akhenaten's cone head? Right? Because <laughs> Akhenaten wasn't just strange for his religious beliefs and turning Egypt on his head. He was known for having a cone head and uh, Marfan syndrome, as they tried to say, because he was seemingly hermaphroditic. Hmm. And I'll tell you, as soon as this story started to take hold, that was the moment they started the michael campaign that michelle is a man hmm. and that just disrupted my entire campaign of trying to bring this to light because all of a sudden everybody was just like you know michelle's a man the, the idea of cloning was out the door and no one would listen to me oh, anymore yeah. but the fact that she was a hermaphrodite or is if she is a hermaphrodite that actually only adds to my theory because they were venerated in ancient Egypt. So if she was a hermaphrodite, that would explain her mysterious pharaonic ship because there's no explanation why Queen T became pharaoh of Egypt. And she's never even heard of, you know, nobody knows that that's King Tut's mom.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Who knows but, that? No, nobody. nobody.
1: Or grandma, actually, grandma.
0: But Obama, his background, he has strange gaps in his times and things like that. Like there's missing time, nobody ever saw him at Columbia. How did he get all these accolades? He's had accolades his whole life given to him, like the Peace Prize. Like he didn't he wasn't involved in any peace negotiation. <clears throat> Very strange. And he wasn't
1: the only other clone either. Yeah, there's one of them in Indonesia that's doing Barack Obama commercials. <laughs> no, really? He, he didn't just make make the grade, you know, like uh multitude or what was that movie where they make all the different clones of the person, and some of them are stupid and some of them <laughs> oh, are...
0: interesting. Like boys from Brazil or something. Well, there's that's that. That's a whole other yeah.
1: story. That's how we get to Danny Lynn. Uh who's who, Danny Lynn? I
0: don't know. Who's that?
1: That's the Anna Nicole story.
0: Oh, I don't uh, that.
1: that's that's another deep one. You guys will have to go to my rock fin and, and and dig deep into all of this. But oh, Danny sure. Lynn, uh, Anna Nicole's daughter, is actually the spawn of a, bro- a boy from Brazil, Prince Frederick von Anhalt, making Danny Lynn, who received <laughs> the billion dollars from the Nazi oil tycoon J. Howard Marshall, uh, with you know the old man that, that Anna Nicole was mar- married to was not right, the yep, oil yeah. tycoon. Mm -hmm. So the daughter of Hitler, well, that's a long story. (laughs) I mean, we've already covered that Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush is the the daughter of Crowley. Uh, Anna Nicole's daughter, Danny Lynn, is the daughter of Hitler. And, uh, you know, these guys are clones of Akhenaten. These These are some of my more fantastic theories, which I absolutely serve to prove.
0: Would so. it be Danny Lynn Smith? Is that her name?
1: Yeah, Danny Lynn Smith.
0: Or Danny Lynn Burkhead. It's
1: one. Of well, them. it's either or. You know, there was a whole battle over who was the father of Daniel Lynn Danny Lynn, and uh, Larry Burkhead was the forerunner of who actually impregnated Anna Nicole. But there was this mysterious character, Prince Frederick von Anhalt, who is a known Hollywood uh, personality who was married to Zsa, Zsa Gabor and kept her locked up in his mansion with a padlock. This is well-known, documented. There's no secrets to this. Uh, so Prince Frederick von Anhalt came out, and he claims it was him that impregnated Anna Nicole. Uh, on one of those nights that no one knows uh, what really happened, you know, the the secret sex ritual nights that they brought Anna Nicole to, Uh Well, Prince Frederick is claimed to be one of the genetic experiments that recreated Hitler.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So uh, they used Hitler's semen and impregnated Gretel Braun and produced Frederick von Unholt. And then he's the one who claims to have impregnated Anna Nicole on that night. And then Danny Lynn was given you know danny lynn then therefore would be the granddaughter of hitler and then she's given 93 billion dollars or 93 million or a billion i don't remember how much it was but from the 90 oh that's where 93 is coming in the 93 year old man that him and nicole was married to uh was a nazi oil tycoon so basically what i'm saying is hitler's granddaughter got all that nazi oil money (laughs) But she just happened to be the ritual daughter. And then taking that to the ritual aspect, if you see what happened to Danny Lynn, after she was born, she was brought into the hospital room with her brother, Daniel. And um, let's see, how did it go first? So Daniel drops dead in the hospital room. And that's the death of the firstborn in the ritual. Then Anna Nicole dies in the bed with danny lynn present and that's the death of the goddess so they had these two death rituals in front of danny lynn she was put through this before she was then given to larry burkhead and given the the money from the oil <laughs> Nazi the oil tank, wow, so. right. that's how those were, reality yeah is. but those
0: two deaths are super suspicious too like drug overdoses at the same time like with yeah, a we yeah. of each other and stern and this guy's crazy creepy guys around there just like that's another story too.
1: It's a long story and I have a whole film on it Uh, definitely. You want to see because... uh, What's the title of that film?
0: Anna Nicole Brittany and Mind Control. Oh wow. Wow. I just like saw a picture. Yeah, I came across a picture of Brittany with this girl who was brought up in the whole Balenciaga scandal. I was just shocked to see that but she was with uh, that one girl that was uh, with Epstein pictured with Clinton Hmm. forgot her name but she was and then she became some kind of like promotional person for balenciaga you ever hear that story no i'll have to dig that one up yeah but britney was with her like i was shocked to see britney so britney's like a mind-controlled you know um whatever girl man yeah yeah, she's a mess yeah and you feature her in aliens from hell too right feature yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. i tried to in aliens from hell i tried to take all 32 years of science that i've done and research and boil it down into one compact study you know here you go here it's all (laughs) but of course i've I've lectured all over the place all over the world and i have many lectures on my rockfin channel at freeman tv uh, on rockfin because i've been banned from youtube i've been banned from facebook somehow i'm still on twitter I, I didn't really work my Twitter that hard, but I'm banned everywhere, and uh, so I've I've had to move
0: all of my work over to Rockfin and try to get this. Yeah, her going. name is um, Rachel Chandler. you ever hear the name Rachel Chandler? Sounds familiar. Yeah, she popped up in the whole Pizzagate thing, and now she's popped up in Balenciaga, and she's had, hanging out with Britney Spears. It's crazy, man. It's a yeah. weird, small world. So... Uh, let me throw one last piece into
1: this Barack okay. Obama story. Okay. There was the, the the story that was brought out by Carol Rosen, who was uh, uh, Werner Von Braun's secretary, right? And Werner Von Braun says that we're in communication with these dimensional entities and that there are universes and that uh, the global elite, the New World Order, have a plan to destroy them and that they are going to come at you with the Russia scare, the terrorist scare, asteroids, and then aliens. And Carol Rosen went around and told everyone about this, uh, story that uh, Warner would talk about. Now, of course, Warner von Braun, you know, he's the Nazi that came over here, started NASA, was on the Walt Disney show many times, um, probably worked with my dad <laughs> but anyway um jack
0: parsons you know, used to call him and ask him questions all kinds of stuff yeah yeah a whole nother oto story with jack parsons but um so they clipped they clipped braun very hard he was at pennamunday and there were slave labor people were getting greased and they were murdered all the time so they really wanted him they uh he was involved was in a weird. lot of dark stuff he was an ss os- officer Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Well, so following his thoughts and theories on what the next threat would be, I I started talking and following the asteroid threat. And I went deep into the near-Earth objects, been tracking this stuff, watching all of the sun and watching things that are going on in space. And as I'm coming up with this Akhenaten story and the cloning of Akhenaten, they announced that there is an asteroid that's going to come and destroy all life on planet Earth in 2029 or 2036 and the name of this asteroid was apophis which just happens to be the serpent deity the satan of akhenaten's religion while obama's in office this is all happening they announced the arrival of apophis it almost hit earth but they're saying well it won't hit this time but probably in 2029 definitely in 2036 uh we have to worry about apophis And Apophis comes from a near-Earth asteroid group known as the Aten, which is Akhenaten's god. And so uh, while all this is happening, I had already made an artwork of Obama with an asteroid hurtling towards him before they announced Apophis. Because it was part of the program, and I was like, "Okay, this is what's next, guys." And then it happened, you know. And it was named after Akhenaten Satan. I mean, I'm just like, "All right, guys," you know. I don't this know. it's getting to, to be
0: uh, too too coincidental. It's probably part of their program, right? If we're going through the birth pangs to 2030, they're going to let just me throw rip- in this yeah. one last piece of this puzzle. Then, <laughs> sorry, well, no, it's all right. I, I still want to ask you about it laughably, so. Okay. I'm not going to let you go. Let you all, go. Right. all right. One last piece of this puzzle right. uh, to tie
1: this into COVID. So yes, I expect, I mean, I did say World War III would begin with a cough. I mean, that wasn't expected. All of this was expected from FEMA camps and, and plastic coffins and Y2K. But uh, the day of the lockdown just happened to be the day that we almost got nailed by a horde of asteroids. There were a multitude of them, more asteroids hurtling towards planet earth, uh, than has ever been recorded. Went back 500 years in J- JPL's, uh, near earth asteroid, uh, objects detection center went back 500 years. Couldn't find another time when this many asteroids were heading straight for planet earth. And this happened to be the very day of the lockdowns. And, uh, So they put the mercy and the comfort, the two ships on the either side of the coast, and they built field hospitals all over America. But these were not filled with medical doctors. They were filled with trauma doctors. On the day of the lockdown, we were supposed to get nailed by an asteroid, and they knew it. And they announced it the following Monday. They didn't announce it that day, but they announced it the following Monday that we had the nearest miss to Earth. Uh, with these asteroids and then general O'Shaughnessy who is the combatant commander. uh, So basically he was president during this emergency, right? During the COVID emergency, the head of Northcom becomes the combatant commander. So general O'Shaughnessy then broadcasts to us. uh, It's on YouTube. You can go watch it uh, from deep underground in Cheyenne mountain from space command, you know, where Stargate happens. And he's deep underground and he's telling us what he's doing for us. You know, he's sending out the mercy, sending out the comfort. He is the president broadcasting to us from deep underground Cheyenne mountain at space command. And then, uh, he quits. He resigns and goes to work for SpaceX. Oh, and wow. he is replaced by general van Herk. Now this all happened in 2020. General van Herk takes over and he will be the combatant commander during the next, uh, 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 emergency. Right. Well, General Van Hert comes from the 509th Bomb Squad, which just happens to be the group that investigated Roswell. So, yeah. Wow. That's wow. going to be in Space Command in the deep underground China so Mountain talking to you <sighs> in
0: the next one. Wow. So, I just had to throw right. that all in there. That's we good. So, almost- people can at least anticipate or be aware of that, right? When it, yeah. it comes out. <laughs> but one of the more interesting, if not the interesting to me, well, you can explain why 9 11 were chosen his numbers but also you sat down with this interesting character paul laughley also who is i mean my understanding is he was receiving ideas and also had some entity if i remember correctly like some kind of uh, entity you talked to can you talk about paul laughley for people who don't know and his his tithe on 11
1: yeah yeah he was a ritual magician uh he has asperger's and is um uh conceptually deviant (laughs) is what harvard classified him as he was thrown out of harvard for conceptual deviance because he would design time dilation devices that use 30 (laughs) 30 foot genetically modified jellyfish as its power source he he, uh he he was a, a a famous artist and painted the occult and so I've got many films of his paintings and of him descri- describing his paintings and such. But his paintings are works of magic as art. But you will see his high technical details in there. They are diagrams. They are, you know, um, just well worked out ritual magic as as these. But he also was uh, one of the architects for the twin towers. And so as I sat down and had a chat with him one day, he started to tell me about the day the Bin Ladens showed up at his uh, architectural firm to plant demolition charges uh, in the Twin Towers as he was working on the blueprints. So the Bin Laden Construction Company was one of the main construction companies working on the Twin Towers. Wow. And the Bin Ladens wanted to make sure that Paul Laffley engineered demolition charges into the building before it was built. Wow. So I asked Paul, was Yamasaki, the main architect of the Twin Towers, a Freemason? Or were the Twin Towers symbolic of the Masonic columns, Jack and Boaz?" And he said, no, no, Yamasaki's a straight arrow. He's not into any of this occult. Actually, they designed these as representations of the Rockefeller brothers. And that's why one building is six foot taller than the other. Um, But so, yes. Nelson and David, right? Yes. And so the the Twin Towers was already engineered with the demolition charges. On the weekend before 9-11, they went in. And they shut the Twin Towers down. And then all of this dust started spewing out of the vents. And this was, as uh, I believe, as they went back in to replace the demolition explosives. Because they wouldn't have lasted since the 70s. Uh, They would have to go in and all be replaced. So that happened on the weekend before 9-11 when there was the mysterious closing of the building and all of the dust
0: shooting up out of the vents. Right. And that was all reported too, right? Yes. And that was reported. And why do you think 9-11 are important numbers?
1: Okay, well, this takes you to the Kabbalistic tree of life. Because when you're defining and looking at magic, you, you have to always use Kabbalah. Now, Albert Pike, who wrote Morals and Dogma, stated that Freemasonry is Kabbalah over 70 times in Morals and Dogma. So when you start to study any of these type of things, you must go to Kabbalah to understand what they mean and so in if you can bring up a tree of life it might help
0: to, yeah, it's
1: uh, there are 10 nodes on a tree of life and there's some weird stuff going on i've been having these we had a major power outage we've gotten some weird humming noise going on oh, and wow. all of our power went out last night but i just want to mention that I could still cook on my gas stove.
0: That's good to know. You may uh, not have,
1: have that opportunity in the near future. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I could warm myself. I could feed myself. I could heat up water. All of that with no and, and no electricity, guys. Just just letting you know that happened to me last night. Massive power outage. But there's some weird stuff going on right now. But of course, there is a solar flare that's uh, often it's it's Earth directed. It might have something to do with that. Um. Okay, so we're looking at the Kabbalistic tree of life, and you've got your pillars, right? So the left is uh, and the right, Boaz, um, pillar of mercy, the pillar of comfort, or uh, I'm getting those wrong, but anyway, you've got your three pillars. The center one is actually designated as G, and I believe that's what the Masonic G actually stands for. And so the center column is the most direct path from earth to heaven. So at the bottom, you have Malkuth, which is the earth, and at the top you have, i uh, going to forget all of a sudden what the top is. Kether, Kether. Kether, thank you. And that's heaven, right? That's God. That's the ten, the one, the zero, the unification of opposites. It's the, uh, the all. But there is a hidden Sephiroth in between earth and heaven that's not shown there. And it's the ninth or sephirah, uh, Sephiroth uh, hidden which is the abyss and that is the one that is uh you know the dangerous one where the souls of those that died insane. what the o and x stand for where typhon lives all of that is in the abyss so from to go from heaven to earth or earth to heaven you must cross the abyss unless you take the more you know if you don't take the direct route but the direct route is the g path which is what you'll see on the masonic compassing square um so you have 10 sephirah there when you become a magician you go one more tree of life above that so that would technically be one would become 11 right if you added one more tree of life on top of that one Right. so to go from 9 to 11 is skipping god and is a symbol of luciferianism so if you can go from one tree of life from 9 to the magician or sorcerer at 11 and skip 10, then you are a sorcerer, a black magician. You have reached magic without. So that's what 9-11 means in Kabbalism. And that's why you see it on Neo's passport. They weren't projecting towards the Twin Towers. 9-11 had always been a symbol for them of Lucifer or of black magic. And so when George H.W. Bush in 1990 brought up the New World Order for the first time on 9-11, that wasn't coincidence. And that was 1990. 1990, 11 years,
0: right? Yeah. 11
1: years to the date of September 11th. Exactly. Wow. So it has always been a sign and symbol to them as far as uh, that goes. So when people are trying to say that, you know, they were projecting the Twin Tower event no nine eleven. you know the reason it's on neo's passport is because neo of the matrix is lucifer <laughs> he is saying it he says it's all light right that's the quote uh he is lucifer that's why he has the nine eleven on his passport not because they knew their twin towers were going to explode
0: and that was 1999 yeah. 1999 was a heady year for movies or uh, really important films that came out then yeah but yeah, but the, a lot that. yeah well that's good i mean the the twin towers were 110 stories, right? They were big 11, like you can see it as an ideogram. So right. There's a lot of things going on just with the. Well, I mean, I don't know how much Laffoley got involved in that, but. Yeah, he was just the
1: architect, idea. you know, and uh, he was just assigned a certain number of floors. Wow, this storm okay. is really coming in. William, was I he... have to use the restroom really bad. Okay, can yeah, I...
0: go, yeah, go ahead. Right. I mean, do you yeah. want to just end it? Do you want to just wrap it up, or you can go? I don't know if I can wait. Okay, go. Go. Let's try again. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right, Go. No, right. um, yeah, check out his. I'll put the link to the Laughly interview. It's somewhere in Freeman's archives. It's really interesting. But I'm, my if memory, uh, if my memory is correct, Laffley had contact with some kind of like weird demon frog god or something like that. Like he was definitely talking with entities, if I remember. But. That's a really good article. and he, Freeman has done a ton of shows. I mean, I think you can just go through this, uh, his archive. I've listened to some of these. I forgot the guy. There's John Irvin. I've interviewed Chris Knowles. One that I listened to was... I can't remember right here, but you can see this online here. You can check out his Rockton. I'll put a link to his Rockton. Wayne McRoy, The Demic of Pan. That was a really good one. I listened to that. Um but yeah, he's been around. Sean Stone. Tons of archives, long archives. I listened to this one yesterday, The Nihilist Generation. Daryl Hamamoto, that was interesting. So there's Tracy Twyman. I did a show with her. So yeah, there's a lot of lot of great archives uh, here, no question. Somebody asked in the show notes, they want you to talk about this is a cult priestess what movie would freeman send to the angel there what movie would freeman send to the aliens did he notice alistair and alien both have a line Them, it was he mentions was in this aliens from hell show there's no doubt about that yeah did you hear that question freeman uh what movie would i send to alpha centauri right
1: um maybe the beautiful green which is a French film la belle verte yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's see Why that one um because it shows how amazing and wonderful humans are uh and then it shows how crazy planet earth is okay. and it uh it's it's a movie about a group of extraterrestrials that are going to come you know they're trying to send emissaries down to earth and uh nobody wants to go (laughs) and they finally uh, get a couple there's a couple of brave souls that decide to come down to earth but as you're watching this intro and and you see the beautiful humans doing all their great stuff you're like wow i really want to live on that planet and then you realize wait i do these are humans and earthlings after all um but you got to be a really speed reader to keep up with the french um
0: interesting I've never heard of that movie.
1: I don't know as far as Hollywood films. I'm looking around because I have a plethora of films, uh, movie posters on my walls. I collect them like my foil here, my favorite. Yeah, Your (laughs) Afternoon
0: with Paul Laffoli is on your Rockfin, so people can check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Cold Priestess just put that up. But did you did he talk about this being that he talked to? Did that come up at all? Do you remember? Hi, Corin. <laughs> um, I just had to say that.
1: Uh, did did we talk about a was? Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: No. We, uh, did you talk? Didn't Laughily have some entity that he was in contact with? Is that right? I don't yeah. know. No, okay, I didn't okay, discuss okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought I heard that.
1: Um but he was a fascinating man. and so sad that he's gone. Oh, my God. All my friends that are gone. Jim Mars, Tech Mars, Paul Lavely, J- Jordan Maxwell. You know, these were all close friends of mine. And, it, you know, I'm like the last one standing. <laughs> Except for Alex Jones. But I got a decade on Alex, you know. I'm older than Alex.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: so I think I'll be passing before he is. Although, I don't know. <laughs> he's definitely working his ways towards a heart attack. Uh, but, you know, uh, I worked everybody- on I, I did produce uh, turn seven of Alex Jones's films into DVDs. So if you actually own any of the InfoWars films, if you flip it over, you'll see my name on the back.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, so you know how to do the whole DVD production?
1: I'll tell you, my career has been learning Adobe products. <laughs> I knew all the conspiracy theories already. I spent my entire time learning uh, Photoshop, iTunes, or you know uh, all the different software that I needed to do all of this PowerPoint. Like I swear, and I'll just state this as a boast: there's never been a PowerPoint presentation as incredible as "Aliens from Hell," and that's not the, the information that I present to you. I mean the actual functioning of the software, I put it to the test. It was the most in-depth PowerPoint ever created. And I'll, I'll challenge anyone to show me a better PowerPoint presentation because no, I put my heart and soul. Honestly, William, I'm an artist, right? Everything I've done has been art. And my art just then, you know, does what art's supposed to do. It changes the world. So I've never been really, you know, one that's like a political person or any of that i'm an artist that uh can present this art that can potentially change the world
0: yeah i mean you've done so much work and there's so many references and you've done all these movies and have been involved in so much you really change the culture like i think like you're yeah. probably up there near the top you know people have really added so much you know so many references and so much in- knowledge like as a, a knowledge base too you know very important the modern kind of knowledge base that you can't find at a you know brick and mortar college or high school or something like that
1: i'll tell you i i knew i made it when they made the bell illuminati commercial do you remember the taco bell illuminati commercial yeah Yeah, i
0: think so i
1: mean that was me that was my fault you know what i'm saying i was just like
0: yes (laughs) i've affected
1: mainstream culture look at that
0: that was impressive Illuminati. And let's see if that pops up. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's here. It's, it's around. That was my fault. You know, uh, what's a pop? And I mean, that's all there. Out there. I mean, it's like watching one of your PowerPoint presentations, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all there. Hand signs. You do the hand signs. Yeah, yep. all there. Nice. Well, we are at. Hour and ten minutes. Is there anything you would like to add, or anything I missed before we wrap it up? Uh, no, there's so much
1: to you know explore, so much to get through, and uh, you know I would just hope everybody would come over to freeman.tv.com. But uh, it used to be all of my work. It used to have all my videos and lectures and all that great stuff. But since I've been banned off of YouTube, all of that's gone. So now I got to tell you to go to both freeman.tv.com and Freeman TV rockfin for you to be able to get all of my work because my most you know definitive work there is on my Rockfin as I bring my lectures and all of those things and all my films and, and TV shows and all of that. Uh, so freemantv.com is now the podcast site and Rockfin is now the video site. Oh, interesting. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So Bob will put links to those in the show notes. And a uh, really interesting discussion, and uh, thanks for coming on and reaching out, and uh, I will put, I will make sure to get the Laughly thing in the show notes as well, so people can check that out. I highly recommend they check that out. But today we talked with Freeman Fly, or about freemantv.com, and his also his Rockfin channel. So thanks so much. About Also, it was about a PowerPoint presentation, Aliens from Hell. So thanks so much for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you. All right, cheers. Stay there.